0: I'm Pete Price and my podcast today is really important if you're going abroad. Robert Tudor has spent some time with me from Liverpool Airport and he's going to tell you all the things you do to get away each step of the way. It's really important. Have a listen. Tell your friends because it can help you get Abroad. That's why we've done it. It's Robin Tudor. It's Liverpool Live. It's Pete Price and it's our podcast from Liverpool Live.
1: Liverpool Live.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to say I'm talking uh, to Robin Tudor at Liverpool Airport, which, of course, I always say it and I mean it, is my favourite airport in the world. I love it because it's friendly, it's classy they treat you right and we've got that magical uh, scouse magic that just starts your holiday off with a bank hello robin hi pete how are you doing i'm well indeed more to the point how are you all doing we found out now that cases of deaths will rise the pandemic has not gone away but uh, lift um operation lift up of lockdown on the fourth what is it the fourth step on july the 19th will be fantastic there's a lot of things happening but you still must be very nervous about it
1: yeah we are i mean we're a little bit frustrated to be honest with you pete i mean the the, the lifting of the restrictions is great don't get me wrong absolutely and you know whether it's whatever sector within the economy it is it, it's really important that we try and get back to normal but of course being still very well aware this is not going to go away anytime soon it's something you know we've got, we've got to live with but for us in the you know in the, the travel sector um, you know we've been saying all along that we were the first to get hit by this in, in terms of you know the impact on our on our business and we still maintain that we are probably going to be one of the last to recover from it and the latest easing of restrictions um clearly is great news to all sorts of different sectors particularly hospitality um but for us no real change to be honest with you because we've still got these restrictions in place there may be you know some improvements in that coming forward with with talk about you know double jabs being allowing people not to have quarantine and the likes, but there's still a lot of uncertainty out there, and that's that's very frustrating for us because you know we want to get back to you know seeing more passengers come through this airport as as quickly as we can, and, and you know that's what people want, but it's 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 proving frustrating at this moment in time.
0: So where are you up to with the airlines? Tell me what they're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, for, for some time, I mean, the, the carriers that we have going out of here, um, we've been very fortunate, if, if you like, that you know we have EasyJet and Ryanair, the big two, and they're the big two in Europe, so that you know the, the biggest players out there. Um, and we have a company called WizAir, Air, who are one of the fastest growing carriers across Europe and a, and a really big carrier as well. Now and they they've got some big operations out of here and have done for many years, so we we're in a good place in that we've got. The right carriers if you like who are best place best place to to recover quickly um from 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 all that we've seen over the last you know 18 months two years almost i feel at times um and where we are with them now is that they continue continue to to commit to liverpool um you know they have been operating flights out of here um whilst obviously at the very worst periods of the the restrictions you know nobody was traveling virtually Um, but as soon as domestic travel and international travel did start up but with some restrictions as we know um, they have started to put through um, a whole host of different destinations it's just the numbers are still way down on where we would be you know normally this time of the year we're into you know, into July now, we're not far far off the start of school holidays for many. Um, we should be a very, very busy airport, and, and sadly we're not. We're probably down now about, I think last week's figures were around about 85% down on where we would be in terms of passengers coming through the airport.
0: Robin, let me ask, why are Manchester doing more flights than you?
1: Well, if you put it in context, I mean, they, as a percentage of their business, um... Are similarly, if not worse off than Liverpool. Um, you know they are operating currently out of just one terminal when they've got three terminals. As I'm sure most people are well aware of. Um, so as a percentage, um, we're all on a kind of similar basis, and the same goes even for, like, to say Heathrow. They've got a lot more flights operating than say out of Liverpool, but that as a percentage knowing taking on board all the different airlines different operators different destinations so they on a scale if you like we are very comparable with with most other airports i mean don't get me wrong we have this week had uh, i think it was around about 100 and getting on for nearly 130 departures uh, from liverpool that's going to go up to i think 160 in the next couple of weeks and Um, then it goes up to almost 200 a week as we start to get into school holidays. So we've got a growing programme, we've got about 30 destinations being served, but the numbers of people travelling on those flights um, is obviously nowhere near what what we would have. And the the volume, the capacity, the number of those flights that we should have, we would normally have, you know, if we've had 100 flights a week over the past few weeks, we'd normally have 500. Um, so we, it's just taking time, if you like, because the restrictions are there. I mean, that the airlines are nervous, understandably, about putting on flights if the if passengers aren't necessarily going to travel at this moment in time.
0: If you've just joined us, I'm talking to Robin Tudor from Liverpool Airport. So, would you say then, step four really hasn't helped you that much?
1: Well, I think it it'll hopefully start to give people a lot more confidence that we we're getting back to normal. <coughs> um, we say so we as an industry are lobbying government to to make the next change to give us a road map out of this as an industry because you know we've seen the famous traffic light list of, um, of destinations or the way that um, airports and aviation is 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 trying to reopen, but it. You know, it's not really been been particularly effective because it was talked about having red, amber, and green. The number of destinations on the green list initially was well, we had one route which was just our Faro route to Portugal, which was eligible. Um, everything else remained on the the amber list, and we've still got at this moment in time lots of flights going to you know Alicante and to Malaga and to Majorca and to Ibiza, but they're still. Well up, until last, well, up until recently, the Balearic Islands were, were still on the, the amber list. But okay. places like Malaga and Alicante and Greece and, and other destinations, they're still on the amber list. So you've got to quarantine when you return, which is the real turn-off, understandably, for a lot of people. But for some people, that's not an issue. They can afford, you know, perhaps retired or they're working from home. And so quarantine at home on the return is not a big deal. But it, it's, it's just we're trying to get that... that more countries, I think, need to move onto to that green list for us as part of this next stage of lifting out of the restrictions because without that, then it's, it's very difficult for everybody in the industry.
0: Robin, take me on a journey now. Um, I arrive at Liverpool Airport and go through each part of my trip through the airport, please, from parking my car.
1: Yeah, so if you, you, you turn up at the airport, um, a lot of people will get dropped off, um, and that's there's no change, so you'll get dropped off in the express drop-off areas, you, as, you, as we have at the airport. Uh, and I know, yes, that is chargeable, a lot of people do um, complain about that, but of course we do have a free drop-off area, so you could use that one as well, of course. Um, and as you then walk over to the terminal building, the first change is that um, entrance to the terminal building um, Is really restricted to just passengers. So, if anybody wants to drop off a friend and wants to come over with them and you know say goodbye and see them for a few more minutes in the terminal building, um, sadly, we try and deter that just because we're trying to keep numbers in the terminal restricted just to, to passengers at this moment in time. Clearly, if you need to assist somebody, then it's a different matter, and that's that's perfectly. Uh, acceptable Um, but that's probably the first change then as you kind of entrance the terminal building um, the first thing you'll see is um, a couple of sets of hand sanitizers sanitizers, and then you'll see these throughout the whole of your journey through the terminal building so we're continually um, asking and reminding passengers to uh, keep their hands clean using sanitizers Then depending whether you've already checked in or not, if you're just going with hand luggage then of course you don't need to check in, you'll have already done that at home. Um, But if you do need to check in then you'll head as usual over to the check in area. And that's where we'll perhaps start to see, some or passengers might start to see some changes in that um, obviously we've got to keep spacing so the queues um, perhaps will appear longer. Um, because we, we're spreading everybody out effectively and we've we put contingents in there when it gets very busy at times. Um, so we've got kind of like overflow areas. Um, uh, the, the the staff that, that we all know and see behind the check-in desks, um, they've got a big Perspex screen in front of them now. Um, again, a lot of the kind of measures that people are accustomed to, so it's not that unusual when you see these you know, when you just go to the shops every day, um, but it's just perhaps different in an airport environment some of the checks that, that you get asked of course and this is a really important for point of anybody that is traveling um, because you've of course it's not just a case of thinking about the return and quarantine on the return of this green list of destinations passengers must be aware of what the requirements and what the restrictions are for the country that you are traveling to and so the first check that the airline or their representative at the checking desk will make, will be to make sure that, you know, have you had, if you need one, a PCR test, for example, because certain countries require you to show that you are, have had a negative PCR test. So that's not the NHS kind of lateral flow test that you can just kind of get. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a test that you have to pay for and go to a private, um, or these private sector companies who offer these. And we have a site here at the airport actually do this, actually here at the airport. Um, so that that is certainly really important for people to recognise that. That's Robin, the first
0: thing. Robin, let me stop you there. You've got one at the airport. Explain how that works.
1: Yeah, we we we've, we've came to we, we've gone into partnership with um, with a company based in Knowsley, actually a company called T A G, and um, on site they have set up a testing facility. Um, and it's not just for airport passengers; it's for anybody, and it's often used by lots of people for all sorts of reasons. Um, so they have a testing facility on site. You drive up to it's actually in part of the long stay car park because we've got lots of empty space in the car parks at the moment. Though you don't have to pay for parking; I hasten to add, there's um, free parking there. Um, and you go and um, undertake a, a PCR test on site, and then you've got different options of whether you um, pay for, a, you can have a, a test turned around in less than three hours, and that will be the most expensive one, um, or you give your test and they send the test results off to a lab and then I think within 48 hours you'll get the results back. So some people are using that to get their PCR test so they uh, done 48 hours in advance before they come to the airport to get on a flight. Um, some um, will perhaps, you know, if they realise that they haven't done this and they need to get it turned around quickly, then will be using the express facility and they'll actually do that on-site and get a result of them back within three hours. So there's different levels of speed, if you like, and cost associated with that.
0: That's really... Uh, uh, interrupting you, that's really interesting. That I didn't realise that was happening on-site because there will be passengers that... Haven't done it or don't know, so that is so handy to know, isn't it?
1: It is, it is, and and you know we've all been a bit of, on a bit of a learning curve for all of this, and and you know it is confusing. We certainly recognise that for people, and you know restrictions do change. And I say it's not just what happens in this country; it's what's happening in individual countries across Europe as well. But you know, we have had situations, sadly, where people have come to the airport they've not been aware that they've had to have a PCR test. Um, and they've been refused travel um, as a consequence. I mean, we have you know, had some who, because there's been more flights going either later that day or perhaps the day after, then yes, they've taken the opportunity to, to dash over, get a test done within a few hours, and then whilst they're highly, or highly likely they'll have missed that flight because you you know you can't turn around less time than that, but at least have been able to get on the flight either later yeah. in the day or, or yeah. the following day. Great. Carry on with our journey. So your journey through. So that say that's a really important point. Make sure. And, and to be fair, that this applies whatever airport you're flying from. Do think ahead to make sure that you've you've done all that you need to do paperwork-wise in terms of getting into the country that you're, you're travelling to. Because you, if you fall the first hurdle. Then then sadly you'll suffer the consequences because you know it the responsibility to do that is down to the individual and, and you know you'll have to pay for another flight having lost that 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 flight if you don't watch out. So the next end stage is to, to head off up to, to security. Um and again there are measures throughout the airport, again, about keeping your distance and if you want to use the lift, for example, there's restrictions on the numbers of people that can use the lift at any one time. Simple things like that that just help to minimize wherever possible. The potential spread of COVID as, as everybody you know, across the UK has been doing in the over the past 18 months now. So you then scan your boarding card as you go through to get through to the security screening area. As you get into the security screening area, um, it's pretty much the same process. It's just, again, sadly a little bit slower, um, just because some of the methods that, that the staff in there are using have just had to change slightly. So. You know we're trying to minimize for example the numbers of body searches that we have to do so sometimes as you so i'm sure you know listeners will be aware as you walk through an airport and you go through what's called the, the metal detector and you've suddenly forgot you've got that, that bunch of keys in your pocket or something um normally you know we'd perhaps immediately take somebody to one side just give them a quick frisk just so that we can check what it is what we do now if we can we actually Get them to kind of take what it is out of their pocket, and then go back through again. We might do that two or three times, and that basically avoids having to have hand contact and close yeah. contact yeah. between the security yeah. officers and the individuals. So, slows the process down. Not as quick as efficient as it like to be, but for the right reasons, if you like. So, we do ask for patience for people just to bear with us because these things can take a little bit longer, and that's why we're also saying, you know, we pride ourselves here at Liverpool, as you know, Pete about getting through here quickly efficiently you know you sat in the departure lounge and it's a breeze and that's what we we've been really good at doing here sadly it's, it is taking a little bit longer we're not you know getting people through as quickly as we would like but it is because we're trying to you know make sure that we're keeping everybody safe really so we just ask some people's patience but do don't don't get to the airport at the last minute is is my advice because if, if we are slightly busy then you know nobody wants yeah. to be stuck in a queue if they cut it if it cut it too fine, but you then go through securities you would normally you know the same you know, you know things that you should and shouldn't take with you still apply no change there whatsoever, um, and then you're into the departure lounge and that's probably where some people will certainly see some changes that you know the retail areas that we've been really. Good at developing here and giving people a really good choice of retail facilities you know whether that's the duty-free shop or whether it's different food and, and drink areas in the airport um, some of those we've lost some of those businesses have gone under uh, nationally um, so some of those retailers have, have sadly closed here at the airport um, and so there's, some others are yet to reopen but areas like the duty-free has, has, has opened and um, one or two of the bar areas open, and certainly some of the food areas now opened and more are opening as, as we get busy. And that's the key to it, as we get busier, more of the retailers can justify, if you like, um, reopening yeah. because some of them, if the difference isn't there, then, you know, they suffer like anybody that they, they can't sustain that that point. So it's getting better, but the key things are now open. And that's the main thing for passengers. So they can still hopefully have a good experience as they come through here. And then, you know, you pass through and you board the flight. Um, you don't get to hand over your passport anymore to the, the person at the at the gate. You yourself will scan it. They show you where to scan your passport or your boarding card. Um, you'll I think you probably you, you show your, your your passport behind a perspex screen to some to a member of staff, but you'll scan your own boarding card. So little simple changes yeah, like yeah. that that people will see the difference. But all in all, it's still the same procedures, just done slightly different. And then you're on your aircraft. How,
0: how, how much more time do you reckon is putting on your journey through the
1: airport? It, 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 it can depend on, on literally as it, as it would pre-pandemic, you know, what time of day and what day of the week you go. Right. Um, you know, Fridays and weekends, particularly if you get to the quarter summer season now, um, are our busier days. Um, and so we, we always say to people, and we always have done, to be honest, you should always allow at least two hours um, from arriving at the airport to get through, and that's mainly because if something does go wrong, you we'll have a technical problem with some of our equipment, you know, or we suddenly get a peak for some for an unknown reason, um, you know, it can be slower. But so we always say allow at least two hours. Um, yeah. I'd probably say have a little bit more onto that just in case. I mean, worst case, what happens? You get here early, you just breeze through as you normally can, and it just means you're spending a little bit more time in the departure yeah. lounge. But you know, that's usually the least of people's worries, to be honest
0: is the man still there collecting charity with the bucket
1: (laughs) Um, he's not sadly no they've had to stop again just because from their point of view um the volume of passages hasn't been there sadly for them to kind of warrant that but i'm sure that'll be something we'll come back as as we all recall
0: (laughs) and my biggest question the most bizarre question you'll ever be asked in your whole life will i still be able to get a spray when i go through the perfume department or are they blocked off
1: (laughs) Well, as you go through, I mean, sadly, um, the, the, the duty free area with all the perfumes and all the sprays, um, they've been operating just like the high street, whereby, sadly, they've not Damn. allowed anybody to just pick up samples or to, to spray them to people. Yeah. Damn. Uh, so I think Damn. not at the moment, but give it a Damn. little bit longer. Hopefully, we'll get back to it. So, yeah, hopefully, you get that free spray soon, Pete. Damn.
0: Damn. <laughs> now, when they arrive back, what do they expect when they come back from their
1: holiday? Yeah, it's a similar story, and, and again, the, the point I'd really like to make is is plan ahead, uh, and for, for passengers returning, um, this is where you really have got to make sure you get it right, because um, just, as we all know, there are this traffic light list, and it depends where you're coming back, through, back from, um, you need to do certain things. Um, and some of this actually starts, of course, before you even jump on that plane to return back to Liverpool, so, um, you will need, for example, to have taken um, a test in the country um, where you're uh, on holiday, if it's only everywhere you're on holiday, um, before you board a flight. So you'll need that in order to to, to board the aircraft um, to show that you are um, COVID-free as of that, that, that test. You'll also need to have booked and pre-booked um, tests for when you return back into the UK. So after you've... you've got on your plane, you've come back to the airport, you've got home. Depending on whether you are a green or a, an out list yeah. yeah. destination, you need to actually have booked and confirmed with a reference number, um, PCR tests. Yeah, And you need that reference number because what you also must do is fill in what is called a passenger locator form before your travel back to the UK, and that form will need you to put in your reference number for your PC artist. So there's a paperwork trail that people need to do, and you have to do that. And if you don't do it in Europe, well, A, you probably won't be allowed on the flight, to get back and certainly as you come through passport control was it often referred to or UK border force they will check that yeah and there are big fines in place if you've just quite clearly ignored all of this so preparation is absolutely key and the airlines have lots of information on their sites this passenger locator form is referred is, is made reference to so you can see all the information is there it's not difficult yeah. to find it you've got to make sure that you do abide by these restrictions and and regulations to fill out that paperwork.
0: So what's come over loud and clear you've taken us on the journey there and back but everybody is responsible for their own paperwork we cannot blame the airlines or the airport or the holiday uh, companies it is down to you the information is out there you have got to do so much more yourselves
1: absolutely and, and you know it's appreciated appreciate for some people particularly a lot of this is done um, of course electronically um, a lot of it is on smartphones where you can save that information which is great and that makes it so much you know you're not necessarily going to have lots of paper copies here there and everywhere um, and it's really quickly for them for government agencies to, to, to look at on your phone the likes and that's that's for, for most people that's fine but we certainly recognize that for some people that is still quite an alien concept and yep. used in smartphones um, particularly for the older generation you know not just the older generation and <laughs> um, so but there are yeah, yeah. you know there are contingencies there so, so that you can bring your paper copies and you can you do that in a, an old-fashioned kind of traditional way but we do recognize that.
0: Are you clear on what's going on with the double jabs or um, is that not clear yet?
1: It's still not quite clear yet. I mean, we we hope to hear soon about that. Um, The hope is that the double jab will um, enable you to not have to have the quarantine on your return. Um, It could, of course, just as importantly, impact on what you need to do for the country you're travelling to. So it's both ends of the route, if you like. So I I think that that will be great news for an awful lot of people. Um, You know, we're all getting... COVID, you know the, the, the double jabs and encouraging as many people to do so and um, you know some of the restrictions as a consequence will be lifted for those that have done that which is which is great news um, because that will again give the confidence to get more people traveling again and it'll make life a lot easier for those people that have been able to get that double jab as well so yeah we look forward to that hopefully.
0: I won't keep you much longer, but I must ask, looking forward, Robin, I notice now in the big airports in London, it's more and more automated to even put your bag on with not talking to anyone. Is that the way airports are going? Will that happen in Liverpool and Manchester more? Uh,
1: Yes, it will, and it it has started to happen, probably less so here. I mean, certainly what we've we've seen over the years, if if you think back to when... And we opened the new terminal here back in 2001, I think it was. We built a check-in hall with 44 desks, I think it is. Um, And anybody that's a regular user of the airport will know that um, it's not that often that we're using the vast majority of those desks. And and, and a lot of that is because when airports like Liverpool and the terminal now was built, um, people, of course, would come in. They'd have a suitcase you'd have to go to speak to somebody and you'd have to go to a check-in desk to get rid of that bag um, even and if you didn't have a suitcase you just had to carry on hand luggage you'd still have to go to the check-in desk to go and see somebody and as time has moved on we now check in online at home we print off a boarding card at home or we save it on our smartphone at home um, and you don't even need to go to a check-in desk if you've just got hand luggage um, so the you know things do change, uh, and so you know checking yourself in effectively is what most people are now accustomed to doing. Um, that next stage of checking your own bag in and putting it on the carousel itself um, has started to happen at some airports. It's not here yet at Liverpool. I think some of that will depend on. So it depends on the airlines and what they want to do it's associated with their equipment and the service providers they have so it's not necessarily what we as the airport company provide it's down to the airline but I can easily see that coming in the fullness of time Um, because it's it's a kind of technological solution if you like it makes the, the, the the whole operation more efficient and um, it can speed people through instead of having to stand in a queue more people can be dealt with quickly if you like so they're all there to save people to make that that kind of experience quicker and easier and, um, and more simpler to be honest with you
0: it's interesting that one of my neighbors is a pilot and his wife's one of the chief stewardesses and for a major company i won't mention the company they still don't know where they're up to they
1: still don't know where they're up to it, it, it is. It's a it's a real period of uncertainty. I think you know the good news is the vaccine rollout, the lifting of the restrictions. There's definitely light at the end of the tunnel, and we know we're you know we're hopefully getting you know we're over the worst. I think we we, we all hope if we can continue to, to make the improvement we've seen and, and travel and being able to travel and see friends and relatives, go on holiday, do business abroad um, is certainly going to improve. You know we, we we're very confident of that. It's just how long it's taking, I think is our concern. I think one well, of the great beauties about Liverpool where we are, I have to say that though, we've talked quite negatively at times about where we're at at the moment, but I have to say we do remain very optimistic here and we are seeing recovery slowly, though it is. And I think we believe we're well-placed to recover, particularly with the EasyJet and Ryanair, You know, the carriers that are gonna be well-placed to recover. I mean, even in you know the period of the pandemic over the past few months, we've been adding new routes, we've been adding new destinations, some of which are starting this summer, some of which are starting in the winter to places not serve before. Stockholm is going to be come, coming back. We've had two airline, EasyJet, sorry, of things Ryanair and, and Wizzair, have announced flights to Rome starting um, in the autumn. So we're seeing commitments from the airlines continuing to, to, to take place here at Liverpool. So we do remain optimistic. Um, So we just want to get there sooner rather than later in terms of seeing lots and lots more passengers come through the airport, but hopefully we're not longer way now.
0: So to finish off, your message to everybody listening to this, um, and we should, and I mean this ladies and gentlemen because it is my favourite airport, we should all use Liverpool if you can, but your message to everybody.
1: Yeah, it's it's please do. Yes, I mean we we want to get back to serving you as cust- our customers to, to use this airport at uh, the great experience you've you've always been able to have um, to give you the ability to get away to some great destinations, um, and we'll, obviously we'll do that as safely and as as effectively as we as we possibly can. But yeah, as soon as that opportunities come available, if you can fly from Liverpool if you're able to fly from your local airport. Do because as we all know, the airport you know is for the benefit of the region and the more successful we become the better it is for the city region I mean, one of the other you know what we've not talked about is you know focus on people visiting into liverpool you know that's what the city regions lost whilst this international travel restrictions are in place it's not just been about people not being able to go away for a couple of weeks in the sunshine on holiday it's been all those wonderful you know european visitors that we see flying into here to spend time in our wonderful city And yeah, we've we've not had that opportunity, so we want to see that come back. And we can only do that if we continue to be successful at getting people to use this airport. So yeah, do use the airport as soon as you can. Then that's you know that's what we want to see again.
0: Robin Tudor, Liverpool Airport. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed that podcast, please subscribe because it's free, and we've got some great interviews with some big names. Join us on the podcast. Subscribe. Liverpool Live.